What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We got a fun show for you guys today. Before we get started, let's say hi to everybody, starting off with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Well, that was a very nice intro, Jimmy Star. Anyway, I'm going to talk about uh, something that's on YouTube that I found fascinating. Well, first, just say hi to everybody, and then let me say hi to the chat room, and then you tell oh, he's about directing. Everybody. He's directing, right? Okay. You know, I'm going to quit this job soon because I don't get paid. I'm on the air 14 years, not a nickel have not I 14, seen. 14, 10. 10. 10 years, not, not a penny have I seen, not one cent. And he loves to direct me and tell me what to do. So what's up, chat room? No, we have a chat is, room. This is a show that is non-scripted. No commercial. Know, Wait a second. Always. We don't rehearse it. It's all off the top of our head. But big stop shot, Jimmy. He's got to direct me. So and what's you, up, chat room? You know how I Hang feel. Hang on. Let's just no, say hi to shut everybody. Shut big effing No, mouth. we have to say hi to everybody first. We'll say we hi do. afterwards. No, we do it before. I'm speaking, you rude son of a it's bitch. Not rude. Say hi I'm to Astro. You. They're all saying hi to Astro. Hi, Astro. Listen, everybody out there, please send me a book. I need a divorce this guy it's about 3500 bucks to divorce him so hang on, hang on you guys so anyway ron's going to tell you about something in two seconds but before he does that what's up we've got Teresa savings from florida lady lakes in florida hub reynolds what's up hey hub angela joseph has made it because it's a snow day i don't know who else is up there because it's not going fast enough but we're gonna have a lot of fun today we've got two fun guests um never been on before so it should be a lot of fun and now Ron wants to tell you about uh, when other people come, we'll mention them. But oh, Ron wants to tell you about something he saw I on YouTube. When I, I suffer when I have to All right, let's go. When he speaks, I suffer so. Yeah. That voice, that horrible high-pitched queer voice. Not like a man's voice. Talk like a man deep. Anyway, he go. talks like a girl. Oh, I can't bear him anymore. Anyway, I'm only kidding, of course. You all know that. And then people write, you know, why are you so mean to Jimmy? Why am I so mean to Jimmy? Look how he directs me, humiliates me on the air. Anyway, oh, yeah, humiliates. <laughs> um, I was watching on YouTube. Johnny Russo, mobster, wrote six, wrote, no, I'm sorry. He's in six episodes. He's written two books and a third one's coming out, exposing all of the things that the mafia was connected with, such as how they murdered Marilyn Monroe. He actually tells you how they did it. 
the murder of JFK, who did it and where it was where he was shot from, and also how Donald Trump lost the election due to fake ballots that the mafia or somebody provided. I'm not certain on that. But anyway, subject matters that are quite sensitive and very touchy. He tells all. I've heard these stories growing up as a kid because I had a lot of friends that were connected and some family members that were connected. And at the Sunday dinner table, you know, discussions were made about Marilyn Monroe, of course. I knew about her murder way back. I, right after she was murdered, I knew about it. But of course, when I told some of my friends, they told me I was crazy. And when I told them John F. Kennedy was Marilyn Monroe's lover, they said, you're crazy. That's not true because they didn't understand the jerks that they were. And now, of course, everything I said that they said was not true has been exposed and is totally the truth. Anyway, I suggest you watch it on YouTube. That's Johnny Russo. Uh, six episodes, and they're fascinating. He's a wonderful speaker, and he tells these stories. He was also in The Godfather, and he talks about the making of the movie of The Godfather, how he did not get along with some of the cast members. Uh, Jimmy is going to try to reach him to get him to come on our show. I'm pretty sure he will. I reached out to him last night on Instagram, but he hasn't been on there in two, two or three weeks, so I'll have to wait for him to come back. Okay, where is he? In jail? No, he's just not on. He hasn't posted anything new on Instagram. Oh, okay. Anyway, he he's in. You know, he was on the the show that he was on got eight million views, and sold a lot of his books. Well, we're five million views or better now. We may be five point five. I mean, we may be six million views. We haven't really researched it yet. But um, I think that Gianni will want to come on our show because he's got an additional five million views watching what he has to say. I definitely am getting his books. Also, this coming Saturday night, we're having a dinner party, just close friends. And one of our friends is Albert Anastasia's son. Albert Anastasia was the head of the mafia back years back. I intend to speak to him about Johnny Rossi in private and find out if Johnny Rossi is full of baloney or if everything he is saying is true. Because this fellow that I'm speaking of, he has written a book also about uh, Mafia and his dad, uh, Anastasia. They know who he is. Oh, yeah. Okay, Jack. We had him on our show. All right, Jack O'Halloran. Woo! Jack O'Halloran, who's been on our show, who's a great friend of ours, and I love him. He's a wonderful speaker about the mob and what went on years ago. And now he's working on uh, getting it to be a TV series. And that's going to be quite interesting to see this i i think johnny russo may also be making a movie of his life regarding all of the mob they really do expose things that i knew of as a kid growing up names that are real of course they're all dead now so therefore they won't be angry as he puts it anyway it's a fascinating show you must go to youtube you must watch it and it clears up all the stories that have been rumored and were incorrect he is absolutely on target and telling the absolute truth. Also, um, uh, which we've reached out, and so hopefully we'll be able to get him. Another thing that we watched that we liked that we watched last night, it's on HBO Max, and it's called The Gilded Age. There's only two episodes so far, but if you have um, if you have HBO Max, it's by the people who did Downton Abbey, and it's really, really good. It's all about New York City in the late 1800s. Very, very fascinating. Well shot, and all the CGI is good because they really make New York look like it did 300 years ago. 
you know, empty. And outfits are awesome. Hardly any traffic. It was all horse and wagon, of course. But the sidewalks of few people walking on Fifth Avenue, not like today where you can't even walk on Fifth Avenue because the crowds of people are just like an ocean wave. They all walk together. And you know what it's like if you've been to New York. Anyway, it's a fabulous show. I really enjoy it. And I would suggest that you watch it. There you go. So we're going to have a fun show today. We want to welcome B. Claudia has joined us. So what's up, B. Claudia? Oh, wait, one thing more before I forget. Soon we're going to have Sean Kanan back on our show because Sean Kanan has written a new book, which is fascinating. We are going to the book review party in March. We will report it and probably have Sean Kanan, the star of uh, Bold and the Beautiful, that handsome young fella who also was in The Karate Kid. That's our buddy, Sean Kanan. Absolutely. Going to be a lot of fun. Um, I forgot what I was. Oh, so B. Claudia joined us, and I just want to give a warm welcome back because Angela Joseph is here. It's Angie got a snow, snow day in Colorado, and uh, so she's not at work, and so she's able to join us. So hello, hello, hello. And also give, uh, I guess, uh, B. Claudia is under quarantine for COVID, so oh, hopefully wow. you're okay. She's COVID now? So I guess she's not sure yet. B, take care of yourself, damn it. God, this COVID's got to go. I'm so sick of it. Absolutely. I'm tired of the mask, which don't work, because now Europe is starting to say it's mandatory not to wear a mask. I discussed this with friends, and they thought I was crazy when I said a group of scientists from all over the world got together. They compared their notes and their findings, and they found that the mask does not prevent you from getting COVID, nor do the shots. Even if you have shots, you will get COVID. You will not die possibly from it, but you'll just get a bad cold or flu, which is better than if you don't have the shots. So the shots don't prevent it, but they lessen it. And the masks do nothing. I don't know why this country is pushing the mask routine. Actually, you can't talk about that too much. Why is that? Because you get you get censored and YouTube will cut us off. Can't oh, talk about COVID. Am I in a stuff. communist country yes. or am I in America? But you're not allowed to talk about COVID we, shit. Oh, if I'm not allowed to talk about it, that's called <laughs> communism. I mean, where I come from, you know, they shoot you if you tell the truth. But if you say the masks don't work, they say that that's false. You're giving false information and they'll cut you off. That's not false information. It was on CNN News. It was on Fox News. It was on everybody's news. <laughs> I'm not speaking through my through my ass, you know. <laughs> I'm telling the truth of what, I, what, listen, I'm telling what the media tells me. And if you believe the media, then you have to believe me. If you don't believe the media, then don't believe me. It's your choice to believe what you wish. Wear a mask if you're comfortable with it. I am not comfortable. As you all know, I've had triple heart by surgery, whatever the fuck it's triple called. Bypass. Bypass surgery and breathing sometimes is difficult for me if I'm walking because I'm still recuperating. It takes a year to recuperate. And the mask does not allow me to get enough oxygen. And I've been places where they said, sir, pull that mask up over your nose. And all I do is lift my shirt and show them my 99-inch scar. And I tell them, if you don't want to be sued, you'll shut your mouth and leave me alone. Because I cannot wear the mask totally over my nose. I will pass out. Because I don't have enough oxygen and I get lightheaded. Jimmy knows that. I mean, I some stores that we go to, I have to sit in the electric cart like an old man, like a cripple, and drive the little cart because I can't breathe too well. But that'll go away in time. Don't forget, they opened my ribs to work on my heart or my valves, and the, the lungs were exposed, you know. Anyway. We want to give a shout-out, too, to Gizmo. Gizmo is Lady Lake's 
grand dog, I guess, because it's her son's. It's her son's dog, and uh, it's the cutest so you dog follow, ever. You follow my surgery with a dog story. Yes, and uh, oh boy, and uh, no, no, the dog just had surgery too. The dog had like he a had triple bypass. No, he didn't have triple bypass. But so. <laughs> Why are we talking about his surgery? Because I'm I'm giving a shout out because it was all over social media and everybody like was commenting on it. And so we're Our giving dog a shout had out to surgery. Joe. We didn't put it on the media. Shazam, 135. Yeah, but pound we weren't dealer. doing media then. He ate a corn cob, the entire <laughs> corn cob, swallowed it, and it was lodged in his intestine, and he couldn't have a bowel movement. And he was dying. We didn't know what happened. We just thought because he's old, so we brought him to the vet, and they said we have to have surgery immediately. They had to cut him open and remove the corn cob from him. So there. It was terrible. Did her dog have a corn cob removed? No. What did he have done? Facelift? Something no, something wrong with his back legs, like got unaligned or something to his back or something. And so all 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 dogs wind up. Cutest dog ever. No, he's not. He's a puppy. He's cute. Oh, puppy with back pain? Yeah, he's adorable. You should see Lady Lake's dog on you. Anyway, we're wishing everybody's wishing way was good. I don't get the same news feed you got. Oh, you don't? No, everybody gets different news. Yeah, that's true. Depends on on how many, you know, all the people that I'm friendly with that I talk to every day on on, uh, that stupid, what is it called? Facebook, that horrible Facebook. Uh, Everyone that I speak to, they they put their stuff up because they're they're familiar with me. Uh, What watch do you have today? I have on a 40 watch. It's navy blue and yellow to match my shirt. And it's a beautiful watch. They're waterproof. They're comfortable. They cost $50, and they're called a 40, 40 watch. It should be $40 if they're the 40 watch. I, like, love it. So, so actually, our first guest should be calling in any second. Uh, while we're waiting, I thought we'd take a quick uh, music break, you guys, and play Young Zuck, Get Right. Uh, we're going to see Young Zuck perform on Valentine's Day at this Valentine's Red Carpet event. should be a lot of fun. So check out Young Zuck, Get Right, and by that time, we'll have our guest. Like 
Hey everybody, so that was Young Zuck. Now we're gonna bring on our first guest. Let's see if we can see him and hear him. Bring him on in. Hey guys. Hey, 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 how are you? What's up, Jimmy Starr? How are you today, brother? I'm good. All right, we can hear you. So now you didn't put your little name. I did put my name. Oh, I don't see my name either. Okay, good. (laughs) All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Starr Show with Ron Russell, actor, director, producer, superstar, Anthony W. Preston. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you. I think I'm going to have you start doing all of my PR from now on. <laughs> I, just, I just want to give a quick shout out to my boy, Young Zuck, who was definitely sporting the Bass Pro Shop hat. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I grew up actually um, on uh, Table Rock Lake in southeastern Missouri. It's where I learned to water ski. And, there, and that has the world's biggest Bass Pro Shop next to the one in Vegas. So oh, We had one uh, in Florida, too. Yeah, so as soon as I saw that, I was like, it's my boy, represent. So anyway, so. let me introduce you to everybody. So this is my cool... I see, I'm not allowed to speak until S-Work over here has to introduce me. <laughs> this is my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey, up, Ron Russell? How are you? I'm telling you, working with him is no joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm with him 10 years. He's never paid me, you know, in 10 years. Not a nickel. I do this for free. Anyway, we so have... You a... know what he did? He went and married me. <laughs> <laughs> that's his excuse you're married to me i don't have to pay you i mean if you have you have do you have a wife look at his teeth wait wait quiet he's gorgeous do you have a wife who are you talking to you you, you handsome yeah, not not this ugly thing next to me you <laughs> you have a wife i do okay if your wife worked with you would you pay her or not oh man you know there's this kind of ongoing debate about um you know how many artists should be under the same roof <laughs> no, but don't avoid my question. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you. Yet, yeah. if your wife is working with you, let's say in, a, in in your film, does your wife? No, it's not a SAG production. Now you financed it. It's, it's your film. It's you. You financed it. Would you pay her, or would you say, "Honey, work for free"? Because my budget's low, and I can't really pay you. This would be the first interview where I ever plead the fifth. <laughs> oh, I think this guy, I got to get this guy. This guy. So hang on, hang he's on. Not gonna I just get feel away like I will be creating a snowball of just um, well, Jimmy never attention Jimmy doesn't, Jimmy doesn't pay me. You know what he'll do? I swear to God, I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth. As a biggie, he'll say, hon, come on. I'll take you to Jenny's tonight for dinner. <laughs> and that's what I get. And he makes me order the 55 and over pancakes. He does not. Yes, don't, does. don't make it. You always look for it on your menu. You say, no. oh, there, there's the 55 and over pancakes. you always like it. So, hey. Jimmy, but it's, it's only like $6. Jimmy getting, huh? Jimmy getting to sit next to you in this otherwise just picturesque moment. That should be enough uh, compensation right there. Yeah. Oh, you're so Way full. To go, you are so full of shit. I'm going to give you the fullest shit award of the year. Oh, you get the first time. I have, an entire, I have an entire display case for those. Oh, my God. Just having Jimmy next to me. No. <laughs> I love it. No. I, so I, hold on, I, though. I, I, we kid around, Jimmy and I, because our fans love it. When they write in, they say, Ron, I love when you and Jimmy fight. It's so funny. And so we do it every week. But so, I, 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 I love Jimmy, and he loves me. And we get along really well. And he doesn't take me to Denny's. Always. He just took me for my 80th birthday to Denny's. Yeah, well, it was free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For my, my, imagine my 80th birthday I spent in Denny's with a free meal. 
Hey, hey. His, his 78th birthday, we were driving in a, a van from Pennsylvania to Florida, and we stopped by and got him. What's that meat that I don't like? The meat you don't like? Yeah, it's like round, and it comes in, like, and you pull, peel it off the thing off the side of it. Anyway. Oh, liverwurst. Liverwurst, yeah. Like, we we stopped at the grocery store and got liverwurst sandwiches for him, so Denny's was a step up. But anyway, we got a go. chat room full of people. Say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hey, everybody in the chat room. How are you? Thanks for hanging out today. Um, so you guys, yeah, he does have a lovely I, I, I smile. I don't know you. I've never met you, have I? No, you've never met him. But you're both in the beast inside together. Oh. Because he, I'll say you guys, so I met oh, Anthony, you're you guys. Oh, the guy they said that I looked like. Oh, yes, right. When you were young. young. When I'm young, yeah, now I'm an old man with white hair. But when I was young, I resembled you. We could have been brothers. Yes, we have a great resemblance. Same nose, chin, and bone structure. Uh, they said they told me on the set. They said when uh, I was younger, I looked like you. That, that, that's what you see. No, I'm not lying. No, I'm not lying. Oh, so you you played Sadie's husband? I did. I did indeed. Yep. I heard uh, you I was, were good. Uh, you were a good actor. I heard you did a very good job. Well, you know, I I did ask them. I said, you know, did that uh, did that uh, no talent a clown who you cast as the husband? Did he was he able to act his way out of a paper bag? No, um, you did good. I asked. They, they never did. Right? They never did give me a response on that, but no, it was, uh, we had our, actually, it was. Uh, no, Sadie's a very, on. Sadie's my dear, dear, dear friend. We talk turkey. We don't bullshit each other. <laughs> and I said to her, I said, what's that guy like? She said, oh, no, he's good. She said, he was very good as my husband. She was very pleased with what you did. So yeah. I wasn't on the set that day. I shot, I think the day before, two days before I played the doctor. Well, let me tell you something. That set was fantastic. Um, you know, I've had the privilege of doing, everything from uh, studio pictures and television to uh, a lot of different indies. And there's kind of a, a spectrum and a range, as I'm sure you guys are aware of what those experiences can be like. And this, I'm happy to report, was a nice way to close out 2021. I was telling my team after I, I was in Vegas shooting this uh, commercial for one of the, um, the casinos up there. And I was like, man, it was like early December. I was like, I would just love to lock down just one more solid job and uh, got the call. I basically, I think I, yeah, that's right. I did the whole, I did the audition in my hotel room in Vegas at the, at the Paris and uh, got the call from my agent the next day that I was uh, in the running for the husband role. But, you know, having looked everybody up and um, I've heard about Sadie for years. I mean, she's kind of a household name as far as her genre and was just so excited and privileged to be cast. And then everybody on the set was fantastic. Um, you know, Jimmy and I had the privilege of meeting for the first time. He was wonderful. And I'm not just saying that. It actually is true. Ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Starr actually Yes, is thank you. Really no, it's, you're telling the truth. So how come you didn't come to our rap party, you creep? He was probably working. Where were you? Uh, Where were you, I, Sneaky Pete? Where were you? I had, I, it was a combination of things. I had family that was sick, and I had also rehearsal for the pilot I lead on Monday to shoot in Atlanta. So I was... Very upset I couldn't be there. It was a, it was a last minute call. It was, it was a tough call. I was. Otherwise, uh, you would have been there. So uh, wait a second. I want to say to you guys, this is six degrees of separation, right? So no, wait a minute. The star yeah. of the movie, the star of the movie, never came. Wait a second. He was above uh, the star of the movie. I'm, I'm privileged to play opposite. No, not you. Not no, you. The, okay. The, don't, anyway, the, the old the old guy in the movie. A lot of people oh, didn't right? come to the rap party. Oh, yeah, he's like above. He was above it all. He thinks he's Rock Hudson or. <laughs> Well, Jimmy, I've actually, Jimmy, I've got another story for you, actually. So tell, I know. Hold on. I want to do my six degrees of separation. You this is, I've got a, believe it or not, I have another one for you. You're not going to believe this. So this is a very cool story, you guys. So, so I had just talked to Anthony on the telephone about his wardrobe for the beast inside. 
That's that was coming back to Vegas when we, you and I talked on the phone. Yes. So we were talking on the phone, and literally two seconds later, you guys know I'm work. I work with uh, Bill Hillman and Alessandro Fulcito with a production company in Georgia, and they sent a text message saying, "Hey, we 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 see this guy, and we think he'd be a great character for our film. Get her." Um, what do you guys think? And literally, I clicked on the picture because I wasn't—I knew the name, but I didn't know if it was the same guy. And I looked at the picture, and I was like, sent a message in saying, "Oh my God, that's the same guy that I just got off the phone with five minutes ago, who's going to be in the Beast Inside, and now he's leaving you guys Monday. Uh, he's going to be in Get Her, which is another film I'm producing, and they start shooting on Sunday actually, but he's going on Monday in Georgia." Yep. And uh, yeah. so it was a wild thing. And then when I met him on the set, he was super cool. All the girls were fall, fawning over him, just like all the chat room is. And uh, and it's it was never, great. And he's, and he's not only a good looking, clear, he's a nice guy. Clear that, clear that up. Clear what up? The girls were not fainting over him secretly, maybe, but not outwardly because they were there with their husbands and boyfriends. That's not got them in oh. trouble. <laughs> Let's not make. Are you Italian? If these things happen, I'm unaware. Anthony, yes, Anthony, uh, as a matter Anthony, fact, you Ita- are you Italian, Anthony? Yes, I am. I'm half, and I'm and I'm gonna address that because it's, it's. I'm Italian too. I'm actually playing. Well, that's Stefano. That's the role that Bill that uh, that Jimmy's talking about for Atlanta. That's I play an Italian mobster, if you will. That's what I always play. But that's why you and I are gorgeous because we're Italian. It's a curse, <laughs> and we do the best we can with it. Listen, uh, I've been I've been dealing with it for eighty one years, so you know you get used to it. When you're eighty one, you'll be used to it. When right. they say, you know, when, when you're young, they say you're so good looking. When you get to be eighty one, they say, "Wow, you look good for your age." Well, I'm, I'm actually no, I'm actually your age. You and I just have really good plastic surgery. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, no, you have, you have a you have my old mask on, my whole face. That's what it is. Exactly. So wait, tell me well, your story. Are we gonna, are we gonna, gonna, okay, so gonna, wait, hang on. Am I going to work with him again? It uh, depends. Yeah, I'm sure on something you wow. are. You just wait, pause. Jimmy just went with. He, there was a thought, and then he went with depends. So, well, I mean, probably because you know, if Get Her gets picked up, Ron will probably be in it, and so that's something. And I'm gonna. How, am I playing a detective and, or a mafia? I don't know yet, and so and I'm gonna try to uh, you know like work with you on anything that we can because everybody loves you. You're like a super talent. Uh, I haven't heard. Person. I haven't heard anybody say you're a dick yet, which is pretty good because I've talked to a lot of people. <laughs> So I want to hear your other degrees of separation. Well, first of all, thank you for the compliment. Um, that, you know, I think that uh, if I can be so bold, I think that our job as artists is really just to show up. I mean, I think it was uh, Humphrey Bogart said one time, he said, you know, if you can just show up and hit your marks and say your lines, that's like 90% of it. I oh, think that, just, was spent, that was spent to treasure trade. Yeah. Punctuality and uh, just being a professional, I think is what I strive to be. If there's, if we're able to uh, develop great art out of it, then that's that's uh, that's the goal. But I, um, I, you know, sets are hard enough, as you know. Especially, do you remember that house we were? In? Were you there? Yeah. Yeah, so I was there. there. That's fucking it's house was freezing. So before I say the degree of separation, we were down in San Pedro the last day, and it was incredibly easy to get into character because it was freezing cold. And then Danelle had to do the. Uh, remember, we had the freaky nightmare scene flashback where. Yep. I don't. I don't want to give away anything about the movie, but there's a suspense sequence involving a bathroom, and my poor co-star basically was submerged in water that was not even room temperature because there was no there was no hot water, there was no heat in this house. So it was one of those days where it's like, all right, this is where we have to really, you know, uh, be professional and be uh, copacetic and you know help each other out because this is that, that was that was tough on a number of different levels. But uh, the uh, the degree of separation. So so Vernon Wells. 
So let me back up even further. Okay. So over the summer, I did a movie, which we can talk about this in a second, if you want to also, it was called, um, uh, the Devil's Triangle, which was brought to us by the wonderful people at Asylum who produced and are famous for the Sharknado yes, series. Yes, 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 So Fred Williamson's I, in that movie, and Ron did a movie with Fred Williamson. <laughs> Fred Williamson is in that movie, yeah. and he's yeah, a legend, the hammer, movie. right? Yes. So I met, a guy, I met a guy on that movie. His name is... Um, you know, our show is a back-and-forth show. It's not an advertising <laughs> show. So you're not here to do a commercial about how fabulous and wonderful you are in all your work. We're here to discuss and find out who you are and why you are. This so is, I'm just, I'm not being fresh or nasty. I'm being a tough guy, honest. So give us a break. Let us come in. Wait, let us interview you. Let us interview you. Do not interview us, okay, Sounds baby? Good. And we'll get along really good. Otherwise, Ron, I am gonna, see I am those gonna pretty teeth you have? See those pretty teeth you have? You ain't going to have them anymore. <laughs> So, yes, hold on. Let him finish the story. And I just want to finish the story. Yeah, then we're off the track. I, 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 I love, his, I love his stories. Well, it's just like it seems like in the last three months, my universe kind of spins around this one planet called Jimmy Star. That's why it's just funny. So, yeah, baby, so, let me tell you one thing that's show. I'm in the business 65 years making movies and television, okay? One thing that is not liked, blowing your own horn. You're uh, here, wait, you're here for Jimmy to blow your horn. Let Jimmy talk about all your successes and your wonderful movies. And then you demurely say, oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. It's all full of shit. <laughs> but it's called, called show business. It's called show business. And you're a handsome guy and you're a damn good actor, I heard. And I like you. And I want you to go far. But you don't go far with being uh, only about you. You got to let it out and be. Now he's talking about me, though. I like that. Oh, yeah, he's talking about, well, he's lying. He's lying through his hat. Because you're, you're the worst human being I've ever met. Yeah. I'm literally just trying to tell oh. you about Vernon Wells and Jimmy Stone. Yes, no, anyway, I, I, I I'll wrap this hear, up because I, I know Ron's getting anxious. So no, anyways, I want to well, hear your story. I re, I'm interested. I really am. Sincerely. Well, so we did we did Devil's Triangle, and I met a guy named Myram Kingry who had just rapped on a movie with Vernon Wells. And it was one of the I was like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. He was in The Road Warrior. He's he's the guy's like he's a he's a legend, he's classic, right? So it was like one of the first times in a while that I had heard his name circulating, and then within a couple of months, I found out he's in The Beast Inside, right? That okay. There it is. See how nice we do. With Fred Williamson, who you were with in a Fred movie. Williamson. Fred Williamson and I were in a movie called Greed, and it was shot in Tosco, Mexico back in 1976, uh, maybe. And I ran into Fred at a red carpet event not long ago, and the son of a bitch looks the same. I mean, he didn't age, and he's still as charming and as sweet of a guy. And I said to him, Fred, you and I were in the movie together. He said, we were. I said, greed. He said, greed, greed, greed. He said, oh, yeah, I remember that dog. I said, yeah, it never went anywhere. I don't think it ever got a release. <laughs> I, I don't think it was ever released. It was one of my greater films, you know. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he's a cool. So you worked with Fred? I did. I did. Oh, he's a cool him. guy. Was he nice? It was he nice to you because he he's kind of moody. I mean, he's just so, you know, it's he's easy, like, easy. He's an easy guy. Well, he's like he's like you. You do it so long that it just becomes second nature. He just cut and paste. He was he was in and out. He was he just incredibly professional. But you tell the guy's got the pedigree. He but honestly approachable. Super. He just was great. I don't want to say like nice because I don't feel like that does it justice. But he's just he was just pleasant to be around. He doesn't have for who he is. He doesn't carry he's, that. He's, 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 he's just a decent human being. Yeah. He's long to warm up. That's it. We were stuck in Mexico in, in like a tent with diarrhea while we're trying to film this Western on a horse. Oh, drink the water. 
Well, every time you rode the horse, you were banging up and down on the saddle. You thought you were going to let it go. So, you know, we had a lot of fun and laughs about the, the dysentery thing. And Fred, War he was not, no, at first, he's not quick to warm up. But he's a good guy once he warms up. So was I, Vernon has, Wells. Vernon Wells was the same way. He has to trust way. you. They have a lot of well, So I, wait, how did, go, go, how did the six so degrees the, go, though? So Vernon Wells. Well, so, so it was here in, it was, it was working with someone that worked with him, which was Myram, over uh -huh. the summer. My next film was Beast Inside, which starred him. And now there's another, not not um, not uh, the one we're about, uh, not Get Her, but there's another project in Atlanta that I shoot in April that he's going to be in. Oh, so we're going to go. Go, go from working with, look, watch the progression, right? It's like I'm going to go with working with someone that just worked with him to being in a movie where I didn't have any scenes with him but was in the movie. Now I'm going to actually have some scenes with him in this thing we're doing in Atlanta in uh, in uh, April, May. I love it. Yeah. I, work, I work with Sadie Katz, I think, three times. And I love working with her. I get so much from her in a scene. Um, she's a fabulous actress, a beautiful girl, my darling, dearest friend. And you're lucky to have worked with Sadie because that's quite a feather in your cap. You know, she's one of the queen of horror. Well, I was going to say that, Ron, until you cut me off and accused me no, of no, 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 no. You see, I could, no, I, no, listen, listen, Anthony. Took the words right out of my mouth. No, Anthony, I do that stuff and Jimmy does that stuff. You know what I mean? We have people that write in sometimes after a guest and they'll say, boy, was he full of himself. And I write back, no, he's not full of himself. He was just telling you his career. If he were a plumber, he'd be saying, I just did a big job yesterday. I installed a toilet. I pipe. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but wait a minute. And nobody gets upset if a plumber talks about plumbing or an electrician talks about electrician. But the minute an actor talks about his work, oh, he's full of himself. He's a show-off. He's a braggart. I tell these people, go fuck yourself, you morons. You know, that's why you pay your money. You pay a lot of money to see these fucking show-offs on the screen, don't you? I, like, love it. I'm very outspoken. So I want to go, I'm, yeah. I'm an Italian from Brooklyn. I'm tough. <laughs> I, I want to actually, because, like, cause so I, here's something. So I went on your IMDb, and I looked at all the things that you've done on I, that are on IMDb, and one of the things that I found fascinating, um, first let me preface it by saying, Ron and I are friends with all the major soapies, like yeah, all of them. Right. I, uh, we we know all of them. They all everyone, been to our house for dinner. Like we love all of them. So we. So I was looking on your resume, and there was a TV show. We talked about Sean Kanan, right? How yes, he's Sean. very good. We Sean were just talked to him best. yesterday. He's yeah. one Sean, of our Sean plays my son in the movie, and I'm so excited because I've never worked with Dude, Sean. I he is the only person. I love him. Not brought back on Cobra Kai. He's coming back. I oh, guarantee no, 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 you're it. Not supposed to say but, no, we don't know it for sure. You cannot oh, say oh, it for sure. We don't know you for sure. No, you, we know for sure. We know. Yes. But no, <laughs> well, I can't, can't wait till we, they do because that'll just Sean, be the Sean and Sean and Michelle are my kids. I adore the both of them. In fact, we're, we're having dinner with them next week at a Chinese restaurant in L.A. And Sean Kanan is probably the nicest, most down-to-earth guy. He's a, you love him, right? Actually, I do. Yeah, I love him. We grew up in class together, actually. I met him in uh, 2002. Um, wait, 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 wait. Though, hold on, because now I want to go then. So you know Sean, but yeah. I want to go to this. Because in 2005, there's this TV show, you guys, and it's called I Want to Be a Soap Star. And you, you were on it. And I think it's funny. I don't know how you did on the show, but I think it's funny because then you became a soap star and you're in a bunch of soaps. So, like, was that previous <laughs> to uh, – I never saw that show. So, like, I think it's hilarious. Wait, wait, wait. You're a soaper? He's been in several soaps. My first job ever was an under five for Young and the Restless. So to answer your question, Mark Teschner had read me several times for GH 
So here's, here's to answer your question. Here's the funny story about that. I actually wasn't a contestant. I was a soap actor who had just screen tested and worked a little bit on all my children had just finished up a brief stint on YNR. And young so and the restless, Mark, everybody is young and the YNR is young and the restless. In days, days of our lives, you were on days of our lives. I saw days, days was a recurring after I did, I want to be a soap star, but I want to be a soap star. There were contestants and they were vying for a, going through all these acting exercises and vying for a contract role for GH. Well, Mark brought me and actually worked with that cast. Now I thought was, maybe you were one of the people vying no. to be the soap star. <laughs> no, I was so trying, I was you, trying to get a contract role on any of the soaps at the time. And that was just one of those jobs that came out. He's like, Hey, you're really good. And we're, we have these sort of, uh, we're doing the show and I'd love for you to be, you know, one of the actors that plays opposite with the, um, with the uh, the actual quote unquote cast or whatever, so it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. We shot it actually at a, um, uh, ABC Prospect Studios in Los Feliz, East Hollywood, and dude, it was just it really for for what it was. It actually was a lot of fun. It was a really good time. I love it. So now we can add you to our sopa list. Yeah, well, and you're up there with the biggies with Ron Moss. Yeah, you're Ron up Moss there with Sean Kane and Tristan Rogers. He's all up. There it is, right there. Yep, posted by Cameron. Oh, Matheson. look at that. <laughs> look, at, look at you. Oh, my God. You, know, you were right, you guys are all over it today. You were always good looking, but you know what? You're going to be like me. The older you get, you're going to get better looking. You get hey, better listen. looking. No character comes in the face. You know, when you're young, you're pretty. I was very pretty when I was young. They called me Jennifer Jones. I used to hate that because I was so pretty. Now, nobody calls me pretty anymore because I look like a man finally at 81. And I you're going to be pretty. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not pretty, Jimmy. I'm no, you're all, handsome. You're I'm, handsome. I'm a man. I look manly. I'm handsome. But when I was young, I was faggy looking like a girl, and I used to hate it. I had cheekbones and eyebrows and, and little little lips and that little faggy nose. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> you're a good looking guy, and it's only going to get better. And you're a damn good actor because I interviewed Sadie about you. I said, Sadie, what's the guy like? Is he going to be good? Because you know, working with Sadie, she can eat up the scenery without intentionally doing so. Sadie has something about her personality that makes the audience only want to look at her. Yeah. And she said to me, she said, no, Ron. She said, he's really good looking. He's a sweet guy. And he's a great actor. She said he did beautifully. I said, so you were pleased with his performance? She said, oh, oh, yes. We yes. saw some of it. No, we saw some of it. She said, oh, yeah, Ron. She said he was perfect. So that's a great compliment coming from the Queen. Uh, of was. It, it really was. I, you know, to your point, because we never really did address it. She was fantastic to work with that riveting sort of charisma and magnetic magneticism that she has on screen. It's undeniable. I had um, even I adore her. You know, I, call, I call her my, my adopted daughter because yeah. she knows my daughter, Deirdre. They used to hang out together years ago up at what's the name's house? Uh, the, the movie star. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore used right. to hang out with my daughter, Deirdre, who's an actress, and Sadie about 30 years ago. So I'm, at a, I'm on a shoot, and I show Sadie a picture of my daughter. She said, I know her. That's Deirdre. I used to hang out with her. It was funny because we didn't Deirdre, know that they knew we, each other. We united the two of them, and then Deirdre said to Sadie, do not say one word of where and how and what I was doing then to my father. <laughs> So I said to Sadie, how bad was my daughter back then? She said, oh, she was a saint. She was wonderful. My daughter was going out with, I can't say. Yeah, I can. With, uh, what's his name? What was his name? The guy with the hair. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. What My daughter was dating Joaquin at the time. 
she'll die that you just said that, but that's okay. Oh, my daughter will die because it didn't turn out well. Actually, too, you did another movie, too, and I'm trying to bring Six Degrees of Separation in. It's I'm sure we'll find it, Jimmy. Finders and Keepers, no, because it's with Scott Rowe and Ron did a movie where Scott Rowe was called Big Freaking Rat, and Scott Rowe was the star of that. And nice. Ron was in that with him. And so, like, you guys have both worked with a lot of the Six, same people. Scott is just well, Scott's amazing. And well, he's, he's yes, really, he's cool. He's listen. a great dude. Like, he's just a great guy. He was a former – he was in the military. I think he was a Marine, actually. Yeah. But yes, he was. Uh, he's he was just so fun. And he, the guy is super gifted as well. We So he plays – sort. it's a bit of a um, Abbott and Costello approach to um, archaeology. I won't bore you with the, the plot, although it is pretty cool. Um, basically I'm a, uh, I'm a venture capitalist and he's this, uh, this archeologist trying to prove the carbon dating is uh, not an accurate form of, uh, testing the, um, the duration of the time we've been on planet earth. So he's like the straight character and I'm kind of the, you know, a little bit more, you know, flamboyant or vibrant or whatever you want to call it. But anyway, Vib- but, vibrant, but <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, they, they really pushed the envelope as far as like my character and kind of how animated he was. But God was just a blast to work with because we just the way we were able to play opposite each other was so much fun. And then we're still friends to this day from that shoot because we just clicked immediately. And so we, he's we an still easy guy to he's click a great with. Dude. He's an easy guy to click with. He's really a cool yeah. guy. I think, too, though, Very everybody nice. would like get along You know, with you. one day you may play my son. That would be nice in the movie. When I when I need a son, you got to get this guy, Jimmy. That's work, That works for me. So I also have – okay, so then – I so people are – so I went on your Instagram. So first of all, you guys can follow Anthony on Instagram. He's at Anthony W. Preston. P-R-E-S-T-O-N. It's just like it's written up there without the period. There you go. And um, Wait, where did the Preston come from if you're Italian? Because the family last name is so unbelievably Italian that it just made more sense. And believe, actually, what, What's your family name? I, uh, my mother's maiden name is uh, Norelli. That's that's the, easy. That's the Norelli's easy. Well, the thing is, believe it or not, there is a set painter who already... So when I joined, uh, got my first credit on IMDb, circa 2001 i think there was somebody that already had my exact name so i just it was one of those so where did preston come from it was it's a derivative of uh my dad's side actually who's predominantly english so that's okay. that's kind of what i ended up using instead so well my real name is cesarigo so you yeah. can understand why i did russell and right. i did it because jane russell so you understand my, well jane russell was my lifelong buddy dear friend the actress right. jane russell the legend and I said to Jane, I'm taking your last name because I love you. And I took Russell. Right. But that's, well, you know, my name. And they said, oh, I, too, too long, too ethnic. I just feel like it, it kind of gives us more opportunity to uh, be remembered. I mean, depending, depending on how I style my hair and what accent I don't, I mean, it just gives me a little bit more range. Um, so it was, it, was, it was a business decision as well as just... No, it's wise because they said, get Preston. They're not going to remember you. They're, what, they're going to say, get Cesarigo? I mean, give me a break. <laughs> so they say, get Russell, get Preston. It's easy. It's a lot harder to mispronounce. <clears throat> yeah, you want to be recognized instantly. Instant recognition. So I have a question. Yes, yes sir. So I went to your Instagram, and there's a thing that says collide on iTunes, oh, and gosh. I couldn't figure out what the hell that is because there's people in the chat room now. I guess it's a song because they're, they're yeah. actually, like, playing it. So what is collide, and who's – you sang it? <laughs> okay. So background, um, I was uh, – I've been playing music since 
I mean, my first productions were musicals, but before that I was, um, I come from a family with a musical background. I had an aunt uh, who lived in Manhattan who was a Broadway singer. And uh, I played piano when I was a kid. My brother still plays piano. My sister's a singer. Were you in a boy um, band? Were you in a boy band? Yes, but with just one person, me. I'm just kidding. I'm just oh. Kidding. <laughs> it, was, it was more like a, uh, it was more like a, a man band. No. Anyway, no, I just, so this was a complete accident. This was supposed to be, um, I was part of a, um, a production where they were, we were basically looking for original music. We couldn't find anything I was looking for. So I talked to my producing partners and said, why don't I just mock something up uh, for this show? And it was actually called Collide. That was the name of the show. It was kind of like, uh, remember the movie? Uh, oh, the look at that. Wow, look at you. Woo, woo. Wow, that's stud. You look studly wow. there. Oh, our, yeah. girl, our women audiences get girls. Put new vibrator batteries in. Oh, my, oh my God. It says his voice is adorable. It's a song. I have it on. Okay, oh. I couldn't figure it out. Like I was trying to figure well, it out. That, that, got, long, the long man is, I mean, the, the really, the, honestly, the short story is that this was a complete accident. Like it was just supposed to be a placeholder so that when we pitched independent artists for doing the music for this show, uh, that they would have an idea. Okay, yeah, okay, that's the vibe. Long story short, production just loved it so much. We went into the studio and actually fully produced it with um, a fabulous producer by the name of... Um, uh, Mark Grillo is his name. He still produces to this day. Chateau Grillo is his uh, is his business, and uh, he he's he worked with um, Rock Mafia and some other people like that. He's extremely talented. I was extremely fortunate to have worked with him. But what he was able to do and what we were able to derive from that and how what the response was was kind of like um, just hats off to everybody involved. I, I wrote the lyrics, I did sing it, I wrote the music, but it I never anticipated it was going to be like as well received as it was. It was, like I said, it was just a complete accident. It was not supposed to happen. It says that they're, they're, saying, they're, they're saying it's on your website. What's your website? Uh, just anthonypreston.com. There we go, everybody. So anthonypreston.com. Anthony, getting away from that, getting back to film. If tomorrow you had to receive a, a script and you would wish for that script, what script would you wish for? I mean, I what don't kind, know. I mean, what kind of a script? Well, I mean, a few people have said over the years that I have a bit of a Clark Kent thing going on. <laughs> so Superman. There you go. It's been mentioned more than once. Oh, gosh. There's a couple. Every artist, I think, has their their dream catalog of jobs they want to do. And uh, I think I would I would love just I, I don't care. It could be anything. I, I would love to do. Hundred percent, some kind of uh, superhero film. I think that so you want a super. Now, tell me, how'd you meet your wife? Gosh, we met uh, on a dating app. No way, you're kidding. <laughs> was, I, I had lost a bet with some friends, and um, they basically uh, said, "Okay, well, you're you're kind of a serial dater." I was kind of known at the time for going on like exactly one date at a time and not really having a second date, and so. The deal was if I lost this bet that I had to set up a dating profile for 30 days. And I was literally, I was literally tearing down the dating app. I was tearing it down, like deleting because I'm like 30 days is up. This is ridiculous. I can't believe I have this. And uh, I, the way I tell the story, because I swear this is what was going on. It was like the IT guys on the back end via the HTML coding were like, oh, He's, he's deleting his account. Quick, quick, send him hot chicks, like right now. <laughs> and so she popped up and I she's, was like, She's gorgeous, right? You know, I mean, I think so. Yeah, blonde, blonde, a blonde. 
Uh, brunette, actually. Brunette. Okay. Yeah. Italian looking. Passes for Italian. She's actually uh, Persian. Oh, oh, Persian women She's are gorgeous. gorgeous. I saw I pictures. Ha I have very dear friends that are Persian. My friend Mimi looks like Audrey Hepburn. And she's Persian. Yeah. <clears throat> I let's put it this way. It was uh it was a, a bit of a shock. And I remember my first interaction with her, I said, you know, there's no way this profile is real. I said, because the person that looks like you doesn't need to be on a dating profile. They need to just go out to their mailbox. So anyway, that that's... But you could say the same thing for you too, though, because you don't need to be on one either. So no, that's why I'm laughing. Guys like him, my daughter goes on that stupid thing and she said they're all horrible. Two foot tall, ugly looking. Listen, if I had to do it now, I don't. I mean, you're talking. I mean, there's just so many. I don't know. I, I just I don't know if I'd know where to start anymore. I mean, this was like the dawn of dating apps. So now, from what now, I is, hear, is she from is she from Iran? Uh, she's born in Tehran. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. She's, she's, but, but she's been here for. Well, then when you see her, years. say Ron Russell said, "Ashakata." Are you sure that I shouldn't tell that Ron Russell says, like to set it? No, no. Ashakata. Ashakata <laughs> in Iranian means I love you. I probably Ashakata. won't tell her. Oh, Ashakata. so I'll, I won't tell her that's from you, but I will probably <laughs> tell her that's from you. Because I, my friend Mimi and Mahmoud Shafi, she was cousins to uh, Fada, the emperor, the princess Fada. And my darling friends, I believe, were killed. The last thing I heard, they were in Paris. And she had to go back to get her twin daughters. And one of the daughters were murdered. And I believe they uh, they murdered Mimi and Mahmoud. That's terrible. Oh, so sorry to hear that. Well, you I'm know, it was a, it. sorry. It was, uh, yeah, I got quite the history lesson, as you can imagine. But I mean, the Shah fell in what, 1980? I think they immigrated in 83. So I mean, there, there's just the history there is incredible. Um, it's a sad history, unnecessary murder, unnecessary killing. It was like the it was that Tehran was the Paris of the Middle East. It was an amazing city. And it's just tragic what happened. Yes. Well, so. my friends were very wealthy. They lived in Tehran. They had a house on the Caspian Sea and they were educated and beautiful and uh, lovely love. I love the Iranian people. I mean, I used yeah. to go to parties there. I mean, Mimi and Mahmoud's wedding they held in New York. It was three days. I am and Oh, yeah, it was one of the food. I love the crust around the, the pot when they make that crusty stuff. I love that. And the salad dressing is delicious. And yeah. Iranian. Salad dressing. No, no, I'm just my, my mother was alive at the time. And they used to call my mother mother. And with yeah. such a great respect, my mother said, gee, the Americans should be as nice to me as these Iranian people. Anyway, when I lived in Beverly Hills, Iranians were moving into Beverly Hills and all the Jews and everybody else, because I'm half Jewish, I can say that, were furious because they didn't want the Iranians in Beverly Hills. And of course, I became friends with yeah, now the, the Iranian right. people. And my neighbor... Now the, now the mayor is, like, is, is uh, I think, is, is Persian. Yes. Yeah. Well, my neighbor bought a Rolls Royce, and then my Iranian neighbor, two doors down, bought two Rolls Royces. And I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> that, sounds, that does sound about right. Hey, so, Ron, I got a question. Yes. No, you can't do that. I'm interviewing you, but what do you want? <laughs> I want to know what else you're going to work on as, a, as an actor this year. I started in 1959. And my... He wants to know what you're working on this year. Oh, well, no, I, I want to know. Oh, I got a lot of shit. I got six movies ahead. Uh, we're waiting for funding. I'm ready for Red River, which I can't 
wait to play because I don't play a mafia. I play a scientist. Wow. I, I was happy. I was happy with the beast inside or whatever it's called within a yeah, beast. Yeah, beast inside. The beast inside. Beast inside. You looked really good in it too, by the way. They showed us clips at yeah. the rap party. You look great. And it wasn't Aww. a color. It, the color wasn't corrected yet, and it looked very good. But I like playing a doctor, so I have a lot of stuff ahead. Yeah, and if you could get in there, I would definitely. Have, I would work with you. I would definitely work with you. I am on my. I have him on my list of people. Yeah. We're gonna do something real quick though. So, so uh, our our engineer Roxy, who's fabulous, has. Oh, wait, let me just break my one oh, leg because I want oh. I want to impress this Ginzo. Okay, listen. <laughs> I love him already. Uh, I love you. I think you're a great guy. You have a good sense of humor and you're tough. You could take what I do. And I like tough guys. I hate wimpy people. But anyway, I was in my first movie. Grab this one with Sophia Loren and Tab Hunter. Was I lucky? Who gets to make their first movie with Sophia Loren back in 1959? The movie was called That Kind of Woman. I played a soldier. Nice. So that was my start of the career. And that's why I fell in love with movies. That's exciting. Yeah. Actually, what made you want to be an actor? And then we're going to play a, yeah. a little thing for everybody. Yeah, I was going to go Honestly, there. You took my question. It's literally the worst answer. It's it's two things. Um, no, no, no. What made you fall in love with being an actor? That's my question. That's my question. My question. That's a very good question. What made me fall in love with it? Because uh, Sophia and Loren made me fall in love with movies. And now what made you fall in love with movies? Uh, let's see. There is a... Um, let me think about this for a second. It It had to have been... It was Jimmy Stewart's performance in A Wonderful Life because we watched it every Christmas. And I was just, I thought the story and what Frank Capra did with the movie as well as James, the late James Stewart's performance was just, it, it was just so riveting and so much, it's so inspiring that I thought, man, I, I could, I could maybe try to do that, you know, just be a storyteller of sorts. Uh, I was an athlete my whole life and I got, an, I was injured. And I needed something to do that fall semester because I couldn't go back to playing sports. I had to rest my back and got invited to be part of this, uh, you know, school production. And just that's when I fell in love with that. The first so we did we did um, the first uh, live production um, on the on a brand new three million dollar uh, theater stage uh, where I'm from back in the Midwest. And it was uh, Aaron Sorkin's A Few Good Men. The actual oh. play was quite it's quite different actually it's one of my favorite movies i like know all the lines <laughs> it's, a fabulous, it's a fabulous film but the the <clears throat> there's a bit more of a character arc for the two marines i played uh, lance corporal lance lance corporal harold w dawson dawson yes okay but they have in the film they have very little screen time in the actual play when you have that landscape they actually do quite a bit more and it was just during that process of that whole thing, which, by the way, was, like I said, a complete fluke and accident, much like collide. It's like the story of my career. How'd you do this? Ah, another accident. Another six degrees of separation. That's the way a lot of things happen, no, Jane, though. Jane Russell, I asked Jane, I said, Jane, what made you become a movie star? She said the Lord did it. She said it was an accident. I never wanted to be in films. She hated being in the movies, by the way. She never liked being an actress, but she fell into it. I got to work with Sophia Loren, my brother-in-law was a movie producer who knew our director, and our director was what's his name? Uh, what was my director? I name? forgot. The famous director, my God, incredible! Uh, everybody should only work under him. Anyway, I said to my brother-in-law, "I'm a crazy in love with Sophia Loren, and she's making a film on Long Island." And we lived in New York. I said, "Can you get me in the movie?" He said, "Well, Sidney Lomay." He said, "I'll call Sid, and I'll see what Sidney thinks." And he called Sid, and Sid said, "Send the kid down." 
And that's how I started. It was only because I was madly in love with Sophia Loren, and I still am. And I would love to work with her again. And Jimmy is negotiating soon oh, something that we're trying to get Sophia into one of our movies where mm -hmm. I may work with her 60, 70 years later. How many years later? Yeah, well, if you let, when that, when you do that, I, I, can I be like your personal assistant? Then, no, he no, could be no, the son. You, you could be the you son could be in that my, one. You could be my son <laughs> in that I don't, I'll do anything. Just <clears throat> well, just Sophia, Sophia, Sophia will play my wife, and I will need an Italian son because Sophia and I are both Italian. So I was serious. If, if it goes as it goes, I would definitely consider I'm always it. working on stuff. No, because you have the same eyebrows and eyes that I have. I see your eyes are the same as mine. So hang on real quick. First of all, we want to say I'm you guys, are, you guys, are, you so guys you know. are watching Anthony Preston on the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, which I'm saying that because you're live streaming on Instagram. They're all telling me, and that way they'll know where we are. And so, Anthony's a regular Joe. Hey, He's a regular guy. And then what we're going to do, so Roxy's, Roxy found the Collide video. We're going to play it. Roxy, don't play oh, the whole man. thing. Play like a minute and a half of it so we can hear, so we, everybody can hear and see it so everybody this is anthony w preston in his musical debut collide enjoy all aboard this train might more than the gap there's a price to pay no trip without the track Shedding loud in the darkness Separated by the smoke Collide with me tonight Maybe I'll save your soul Should you crash into me I hope you know I don't mind I've been waiting in this subway For a long time Shouting loud in the darkness Separated by the smoke Collide with me tonight Maybe I'll save your soul We collide Into each other And we collide And we're out of control Save me from my broken soul tonight Collide, lie with me as we have crashed into each other. Now you are a double. That was freaking awesome. Double, you, you're, not you, triple, just, you're not a triple you're threat. You're a double threat. That was good. You could be a singer. You could actually sing, though. You could be a singer. And you look good. You sing good. That was a nice video. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And it was, a lot of it sounded like that... it was a nice song. He's too. asking me how old you are. I said I have no idea. In your forties, I would well, guess. Well, I, I can't. No, he's. I'm Maybe sure. Maybe he's he, younger. No, I think he's older than what he looks like. And that's what I said to Jimmy. I can't clock him. No, I have to see you in person. In person, I'll know your age. We, all, you know, we all look good on camera. All right, which... good. Then we'll wait till we meet in person. Then you can guess. No, I would say you're your late thirties. You are. You would be accurate. Yeah, because well, for you, for you to play my son, you couldn't be older than that. That's but... true. At least not look at. I mean, no, but I wish Jimmy would post a picture of me when I was young, so people out there could see the resemblance. People are all over it today. I'm positive they'll come up with something. He's one of those people, though, that has his his age. He never put it on IMDb, so that way nobody can actually tell. Oh, I probably would. Who? Me or Ron? 
You? No, when we, when we did, I did my IMDb in Florida, and I put my age on my IMDb because it's been up there for 20 years, and now you know people have their IMDs without it, but IMDb, if you put it on there, they won't let you take it off. So once you put it on there, you're like screwed, unless maybe you're really famous. Yeah, but, you know, I never, I never, <laughs> no, my age has always been on my IMDb and my other crap, and I really didn't get a lot of work all my life. I had to fight for what I got. Now I'm 81 years old. They send me scripts. Everybody wants me in their movie. I'm an old bag. Now, as an old man, I've become a very, very important actor. Whereas when I was in my 30s and 40s, eh, another good looking guinea, you know, another good looking kid, another look. Now I'm the good looking old bag. So they, they hire me. And I love it because I have six films ahead and I just finished four. I mean, that's a lot of films for somebody my age. Let me do some other bragging, too, for you real quick. That so you guys forgotten. You can also see Anthony on the Bay. And that's the one with Ron Moss. Everybody's been on. We've had like everybody. I from love Ron show. Moss. That's my other. He, he did like a passage the Bay. He was on a TV show called My Crazy Ex, True Stories of Past Relationships That Went Away When One Partner's Behavior Goes From Romantic to Excessive to Extreme. That's that, guy was, uh, that was crazy. That was A&E Network. That was a fun show, too, actually. That's like you crazy. You have very, very nice nowadays credentials. You, you are in all the right things of today. My Haunted yeah, House. Yeah, he also right. hosts and produced a show called Cars Built and Rebuilt, um, which that's kind of new, right? So that one's still being worked on. Yeah, we uh, so there's um, there's a uh, one of the companies we feature in that is called well, actually a couple things with that. So we've been sponsored by Snap-on Auto Parts with that, Goodyear Tires, Factory 5 Automotive, which is out of Warren, Massachusetts. That started out as a web series that's being packaged right now. And uh, we're pitching to, uh, preparing for pitch to uh, different streaming services, namely places like Netflix and things like that. But that's going to be, it's funny, actually, I don't know if I can say this, but I'm going to. So Miles, who, Miles Reef. Miles is uh, Sadie's fiance, you guys. That, that's, yeah. my, that's my other son, Miles. I love him. So Miles is fantastic. And I... Uh, we were supposed to actually uh, chat a little bit about this uh, at the uh, the Beast Inside cast party, but I just I wasn't able to make it, as we know. So he's got the majority of his career is a non-scripted. So I'd love to have him somehow a part of uh, a part of this project when we go to pitch. Love to have well, Miles. My, my, Miles is an Emmy winner, you know, for his documentary work. Oh yeah, so yeah, he's uh, fabulous. He does fabulous work, and, and he's a great. He he's a great guy. There and convincing that I'm a nice guy, and then maybe he'll consider talking to me about cars built and rebuilt. There you go. No, I, listen, what do you mean? Because I own a, a 204 Audi TT Roadster Super and nice convert, convertible, convertible lemon yellow, and I keep rebuilding it. So is that what your show is about? Old cars so, being rebuilt? No. So it's a double entente. So. It's, it's cars as well as people, because these these particular vehicles that we target have a personal nostalgia uh, to uh, to the uh, to the owner. So it's a three part show per episode. It's thirty percent, thirty three percent the car manufacturer and the history of the automaker, thirty three percent the cultural relevance of the vehicle, and then thirty three percent personal nostalgia and impact of the, the car buyer. Okay, uh, sorry, would, car would, would my car qualify? Who has? Yeah, ridden, I mean, he, wait, so, wait, wait. Who has ridden in my car, Mr. Black? Well, Jane Russell, Debbie Reynolds, see, it's quite it's a few having, other people. Yeah, it's having an interesting story like that. So it's 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 as much as we're the, the car rebuild or restoration kind of happens in the background as I'm, for example, interviewing and talking to you about everything you just said. It's all the unique stories 
that's what people really have gravitated towards. That's what sets it apart from any other show in this genre that's out there is the idea that it's much more about, it's as much about the rebuilding and the rekindling and the, and sort of the remembering of that person's journey. Cause we, we've all had that car that you drove cross country or that you had your first date in, or that you, you know, uh, you had some, some, some significant news in your life. I still remember the 1989 Firebird I had when I was at the corner of, <laughs> of Moore Park and Coldwater at a 76 gas station when my manager called me in that beat up thing. And it, back the, it was white car with the little, you know, removable T-tops. And in that car, was when my aunt manager called me and said, you booked your first major speaking role on a network television series. I was like, I mean, I'll never forget that car. Now, when I got my Audi brand new in 04, I drove it up to Santa Maria to show Jane Russell. And I, we went to a Mexican restaurant. And then when we drove, when I drove Jane home, I said, wait till you see my car, Jane, with the top down. It's really beautiful. She said, what are you talking about? Your car is beautiful now with the top up. And that was, to me, a wonderful compliment. You know who Jane Russell is, of course, don't you? 100%. Oh, good. And, you know, and she's... No, a, not everybody does. She was my dearest friend. And I was so proud and so happy as I drove back to L.A. I said, wow, Jane Russell loves my car. It's beautiful. And, That's you awesome. know, that was a big deal to me. If you still have something in your possession like that, that would be something the crew would come out, we'd interview you, we'd, you know, obviously get B-roll of the car. And then if it, you know, it's the type of thing you want to restore, we put it in the queue for that. But the real... I well, think, if ever you want to restore my car, call me. I'll be glad to have you do it. <laughs> well, when we sell the thing and, they, and the studio gives us a budget for it, we already have the shop. We already have the... Uh, there you uh, go. I, I, I need a new top. My wind, my back, my back window fell in. It's glass. I, get you, I could probably get you some Goodyear tires. <laughs> <laughs> my tires are good. But my back window fell in. So here, I have a question then Wait, for I you. Know, I oh. still have the fork that Jane Russell used in my house. Jane Russell was strange. She slept in my house but brought her own pillow. She would never use anyone's pillow. And she never ate from anyone's stuff. So she had her own fork. And she forgot her fork at one of my houses. And I've kept it to this day. So I have a lot of little mementos of Jane because I loved her very much. Like well, when my, I like when my I, sister. When I travel for work, I bring my own sheets. So just kidding. <laughs> what does he bring? He was just said, just kidding, my own sheets. And then he said, just kidding. What are you laughing about? When I travel to motels, I bring a plastic sheet to put over the mattress and then my sheet over that sheet. And He's my afraid own, of bed bugs. I'm terrified of bed bugs. Also, I don't like mattresses because if you strip the sheets down, you see things staining those mattresses that are not nice. And, <laughs> you, and I, you and I are on the same wavelength, brother. <laughs> and, and that's why people think I'm cheap. No, I will go to beautiful motels if I wanted hotels, to. Hotels. We could afford it. I am a house guest. If you want me to be anywhere in a state or a t you have to have me as a house guest, I don't go to motels. I really don't like laying in a mattress that people have done all sorts of things to and with. Yeah. He doesn't like to touch money either because of all the stuff, I all the stuff that's money on money. He doesn't touch money. Years, over 40 years. If I have to be given cash, I ask for them to put it in a paper and fold it. And then he and, puts it in the pocket and gives yeah, it to me. Well, <laughs> yeah, but that's why I never get a flu or a virus. I never get sick. Money will give you more illnesses than anything. And I love people when they lick their fingers and then count the money and then lick their fingers. So or everything that's on that dollar bill has now gone to your thumb, has gone inside your body. So people, He's like jizz and drugs and all kinds of I mean, shit. No, no, no. I saw a documentary once of what 
It was called the, How the Dollar Bill Travels. And I threw up. I thought, oh, my God, how could anybody ever touch money again? So I want to ask you a question. Uh, yes, I like sir. to ask all the actors this. Um, bucket list, uh, male and female actor that you would love to work with that you haven't had an opportunity to work with. And if you could have ever been in any movie ever made in history, what movie would you like to have been in? Okay, so we'll go with the movie first. I think top to bottom, all around, script, writing, directing, acting. If I, if I had to put a film on loop, and if I was like, you know, just if I had one film I could watch forever for the rest of my life, 1999 slash 2000, as good as it gets, Jack Nicholson. Ah. One of the best, most riveting performances. You had Greg Kinnear. Uh, what, Helen, what movie? Oh, as good as it gets. And that, it just, character-wise, story arc, writing, humor, it's just one of the most solid films I've ever seen. Nobody's ever, nobody's ever picked that, so that's a good one. Okay. I like it when people pick different things and they yeah, don't pick because, the same people. No, and don't say your favorite actress is Meryl Streep because we'll cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was probably one of your girlfriends, Ron, so I'm not going to No, she's mention. not. No, I've never, I, no I, I was in an elevator with her in New York once, never spoke to her, and she was looking down at the floor, and I said to myself, don't worry, bitch, I'm not going to recognize you. I'm not going to tell you, oh, are you Meryl Streep? Can I have your autograph? So I ignored her. Um, I had another seven degrees of separation with Al Pacino once. Um, I had the chance to meet him, but I had a callback for a feature and wasn't able to. Uh, my class at the time, when he did that movie with Jessica Chastain, I can't remember the name right now. They did like a small screening for our class, but I wasn't able to go. I'd love to work with Al. He's a longtime favorite. I, gosh, man, I have to really think. I'll tell you who I met who is fantastic, and it's probably someone else that has never been mentioned before. But I think she's just uh, a brilliant actress. But she's one of the few people that is like... Who, who are you talking about? She's gonna, he's going to tell us now. Oh, okay. I would love to work, work with Roma Downey. Yeah. I don't know. Who I she? love Roma Downey. What do I know? She did more what? TV, though, right? She did more TV yeah. stuff than, yeah. She did, but I just think that as a person... Uh, I think uh, just some of her. Actually, I've heard people say she's super cool too. I've I have never met her, but I have heard I, I had people I'm, say I'm that she's super cool. great. She's got a great sense of humor, and she's just a wonderful, wonderful human being. At the Emmy Academy, I've, I had a chance to meet her when her and her husband had released the series they did. Uh, she's just I've met her at different nonprofit events. They're huge. They're just good people. Like when I think about like we, Jimmy, we talked about this when we were on the Beast Inside. That's why I mentioned Miles. That's why I loved working with Sadie because it's one thing to show up to work and get paid. I've done that and been done that many times. And it's been wonderful. There's been other times I've been paid close to nothing to do the craft, and it's been awful. But the times that I will remember most are meeting people like yourselves, where it's like you go to work every day and it's about getting to do what you love being compensated for, but loving the community that you're in. And she's just one of those people that like Sadie or anybody else that I think I'd just be, I'd wake up every day feeling privileged just to be on, to share the same set. So Roma Downey was in touch by the angel, touch yeah, by the angel. Yeah. And you rode on the airplane with Della Reese. Oh, I know Della Reese. You go, we spent see? six hours flying across the country. And she sat behind me, so she stood up and was leaning on the back of my seat. We were speaking, and what she said to me was, Ron, here we are bitching about six hours of flying to L.A. Think about the people down there in coaches years ago where it took them six months to cross. Doesn't that make you feel better? And I love Della. Della was just one of the uh, sweetest, nicest, most engaging, warm yeah. woman. And when we left, we exchanged phone numbers, and uh, I... I don't believe I saw her again, but I do believe I spoke with her. And then she got Angel, and I congratulated her. I remember I did that. 
must have had her address because I think I sent her something. Congratulations on your uh, TV series. I kind of like love it. Yeah. Delightful lady. I was so sad when we lost her because she certainly was an icon for the for the black community. She yep. really was. Taylor Sheridan has three shows I'd love to be on because that you start talking about Touched by an Angel and Wagons. I thought about 1883. Uh, I thought about uh, Yellowstone, and I'm thinking about uh, Mayor of Kingstown. Those are all shows that he has on right great, now. Like, great I shows. Just, I got I, I got all the I got I got all the seasons of Yellowstone for Christmas, so I haven't watched it yet, and uh, uh, but I'm going to. I heard it's phenomenal though, and I love Kevin Costner. So here's what we got to do because our next guest is here, so we're gonna have to let you go. So everybody, oh, can we, can we listen up. This longer? is Anthony Preston. Can, can you go over? You guys, and he's already gone over 15 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's we this is, a really good time. This what is up? Anthony Preston. You guys follow now him they're on Instagram all at Anthony W Preston. He's gonna be coming back when the Beast Inside comes out because we're gonna have all the whole cast of everybody coming back. So uh, we'll be bringing him back. But please support all his stuff. Go download his. His single collide. I'm going to download it just because it's fun and check him out on all his different shows. He's fabulous. I just want to say one thing about Sadie Katz. Sadie Katz called me up. She said, Ron, I want you to play the doctor in my movie. I said, you know, Sadie, you don't have to do that because we love each other. She said, I'm not doing that because of that reason. She said, I just want you to play the doctor because I think it's a good part for you. I said, well, I'll do a cameo. How's that? So I did a cameo. She was so pleased with it. And I felt good because I thought she was doing it out of favoritism and not really professional. And I'm sure if she has you back, Anthony, it's not going to be out of favoritism. It's going to be out of professionalism. Well, that's and if you ever work with us, it's going to be out of favoritism, not out of familiarity, because we do. I do like you and I am tough. So anything I say, just take with a grain of salt and laugh, because that's my gig. That's what I do. Uh, Ron Russell, the tough guy. So, hey, I grew up in an Italian household. You think you this thing's this thick is uh, this skin's pretty thick. So right. If I had a wooden spoon, I'd be banging you I, in the head with it. I think, though, that you are going to be <laughs> like your mother. Your mother never hit you. with. A I wooden think you're going to be huge. And I think that we should do some kind of a a campaign for Clark Kent or something like we should do something for you to see God, what we can like do so many for Clark people Kent out, because everybody and their mother wants to play Superman, even yeah. women. I mean, <laughs> no, really. But anyway, um, good luck with everybody. Everybody check out anthonypreston.com. We'll talk to you soon. If you need anything, let me know and uh, let's chat. And thank you so much for coming on the hey, show. Listen, why don't you come to the fashion thing with your wife? She'll oh, are you going to be in town on the on Valentine's Day? Because I'm doing a big red carpet thing on Melrose with a lot of celebrities. No, we're still going to be in Atlanta for dinner. I'll just be getting back. Oh, okay. Right, Sean Maybe. Well, I'll tell you what. It just depends. Just send me the info. We'll try to make it. That'd be great. I'll send you the info. Well, Sean Kanan's going to be there. Quite a few yeah, celebrities. Yeah, Sean Kanan's coming. A lot of our celebrities. I have another friends. one on the 26th, too, in Malibu, a big celebrity event. Otherwise, if you're going to be around. You, gotta get, you know, you got to get your ass out there. This way people know you. You know, what's his name? Uh, Mia, Mia's father. Uh, who's very, Paul Sorvino. Paul Sorvino. We interviewed Paul. And Paul said he had a farm. He had a farm in Pennsylvania, and he sold the farm. And I said, Paul, why'd you sell the farm? He said, because I wasn't getting any work in Hollywood. If your face is not all over, you don't get work. So he moved back to Hollywood, and he began working. So that's what I believe. You got. You know, that was before Zoom and all this stuff, and, and though, too. He, and before he became ill, because yes. he's quite ill now. Which yeah. I'm sorry to hear. We gotta like love it. He's anyway, a great guy. We gotta go. Everybody, Anthony Preston. Thanks, Anthony. Hey, ha have Pleasure. fun on get, have fun on get her. I know you're gonna knock it out of the park. See awesome you soon. Bye. Bye. Please stay happy. Bye bye. Take care. Ciao, Bello. Yay. All right, everybody. Now we're going to check out. First of all, you guys, we're going to bring on our next guest, but check out JimmyStarsWorld.com. 
Uh, that's the website with the blog. I got a bunch of new writers. We have all kinds of new stuff going on. So please check out the site. And let's go to our next guest, James Craigmile. Let's see if we can get him in here. Hey, ho, James, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? We are fantastic. So you guys, where, tell us where are you? I thought the I thought it was going to be Craig Head. No. Oh, I got somebody else. <laughs> I thought he said. We I'm have surprised you didn't say. I'm surprised you didn't say Quagmire. No, no, because we know Craighead very well. Robert Craighead. No, Robert, this is Bob this Craighead. is James Craigmile, you oh, guys. Oh, Craigmile. Okay. This sorry. is James Craigmile, and and I wanted to make sure we could hear you before we introduce you. So, all right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, show host, <laughs> actor, dog trainer, deputy canine instructor, James Craigmile. Hello, and welcome to the show. Oh, am I glad? Hello, you're everybody. On. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, no, we like love it. So do you guys, oh. um, James is in his car because he texted me. That's why I wanted to know where you are. Where actually are you? What, what state? Springfield, Missouri. He's in Springfield, and Missouri. We're getting a, a winter storm now. And he's in the middle of a winter storm, and he said he couldn't get down the road fast enough to get home, so he's doing it from his car. <laughs> That's okay. Just don't bump into any poles. Are you parked? Hopefully you're parked and you're not oh, driving. Oh, yes, absolutely parked, okay. yes. All right, well, I'm so excited that you're on because you believe in dogs like I do. I'm a dog maniac. And I want to see one of ours right here. Yeah, this is our baby. I love uh, it. My, my little boy. That's we have three my of them. Astro. We have three rescues. And I'm going to ask you questions that most people want to know about raising their pet. First, let's talk about your acting career and then we'll go into your pet stuff. Is that okay? So one thing Good. that I find Absolutely. super cool is because, you know, I was a clothing designer for 25 years. Of course we hear that bullshit and, uh, all the time, Jimmy. And, no, because he started his career as a model in, in Yomo Vogue. What does that got to do with you being a clothes designer? Because I know, used to buy, the first of all, the magazine was. The shirt he has on now is a Jimmy Star original shirt. That's right with Batman. Sure, I love it. With, with Batman. Batman. So no, he He's started a, out. Was a good he designer. started out as a model, and I used to pay for those magazines. I had ten thousand dollars worth of them stacked up. No, the magazines, of all those you magazines. Paid, but were nude models. No, they weren't. So I want to know how did you how did you even get into that in the first place? Because that's not an easy career to break into, and 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 that's not like you know being in some local magazine. That's like the top fashion magazine in the world. Which magazine is? Yeah, it? Yeah, so, Vogue. Luomo Vogue. Growing up, my sister, yeah, Luomo Vogue. I had never heard of somebody from Springfield, Missouri. Who's ever heard of Luomo Vogue in Springfield, Missouri? But I grew up, my sister grew up uh, doing modeling. And back in the 80s and 90s, my parents always made me drive around with them and travel with them. So I had to go with my sister to all these gigs. And the, the modeling agent that was there, she said, hey, I'd like for you to do some runway modeling. So I started doing runway modeling for like JCPenney's and Old Navy and Fashion Bug and Gap and doing bridal shows. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And then she sent my headshot to uh, Luomo Vogue, and Luomo Vogue said, yes, let's have him on there, absolutely. So uh, it was the edition that Joaquin Phoenix was on. Oh, that's he, funny. he was on the cover of that magazine. That's funny, because like, Ron's daughter used to date him. Oh, oh. <laughs> 
Joaquin Phoenix. We're not going to do that again. Shut up. Oh, well, you just said it it's a minute not, ago. It's not true. It's a rumor. <laughs> it's only a rumor. It's not, my daughter said to me, she does never wants that. My daughter's an actress. She never wants that public. There and you go. Big Mouth Jimmy made it public. What do you mean? You made it public before I did. I'm her father. I'm allowed. Okay. Well, he was uh, he modeled with them. So. All right. So. Are you modeled with Wack? Yeah, they were in the same issue yeah, of the magazine. Wack is a strange guy, but he's nice. So anyway, you guys, he went from modeling to he's a regular. He was a regular on a TV show called Police Patrol, and then he appeared on Live PD, which you, you guys, those are those like scary cop shows. And and he's on the top forty moments and Live TV top twenty canine moments. So you're big. You're Yay. a big dog guy, and he also hosted Yay. America's Top Dog on A and E. Yay! Like Yay. so, you're like like how did you get into the whole? I'm gonna be like a police officer dog TV star. <laughs> I love him. I love him already. I love you. I love you. You do God. You know, it's nothing that I love dogs. I love rescue dogs. I love, I I just love all dogs. Um, I do do too. Yeah. So I joined the military right out of high school. I didn't have anything to do out of the military. So I needed a job. So I went and got hired on a local sheriff's office and then live PD came about. And uh, whenever live PD came around, that's what opened up a lot of doors for me with police patrol. I uh, worked with a e on America's Top Dog. I was a consultant for them and a host for that show. Uh, so they flew me out to Burbank out there to L.A. and we filmed out there. And then it opened up more doors for more acting and, and different stuff like that. So I uh, jumped in on some acting stuff. Got to meet Val Kilmer. Got to meet Muse Watson. Got to meet Brad uh, Kopanek got to meet uh, Richard Greco from 21 Jump Street. We love Richard. Yeah, he's been on our show Richard's a bunch. one of our buddies. Yeah. We love him. So, like, tell us, what was Richard, the premise I'll... of Live PD, though? What's the premise of the show? So they were following officers or deputies around live uh, every Friday and Saturday night, filming and showing what we were doing. It was the number one most popular show on television, the history of television, actually. We had a little over two and a half to three million viewers every Friday night and every Saturday night. And you, and you, when you did it, like you, you had the dog then, like when you did it, were you a dog guy or you were just a police guy or not just a police no, guy? No, I was a canine but... handler. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I was uh, a canine handler. So they got to see my dog. They got to see my dog work. They got to see how I handled the dog. And then, uh, from there, A&E said, Hey, we like what you're doing. We want to do this dog show. Will you help us with the renderings, the drawings, the courses, the obstacles Host it? I said, yes. And then, uh, it went from there and then. Actually, I just got back from L.A. last week. I was over there filming for GAC TV for a dog comp or a award show coming up uh, here in March. Now, you're a dog trainer. Yes. Okay. What? Now, my little baby here, my little Astro, who's seven pounds, and he's a poodle terrier mix, is a rescue. <laughs> he likes every now and then to make a poo-poo in the house. Not that it's big. Yes. It's, a, it's the size of a little turd, but still, I, <laughs> I get the turd. I get the turd. <laughs> He knows he did bad because he cowers down. All I have to say is, Astro, what did you do? And he won't go near me. He won't come to me. What am I going to do to get him trained? Because the obvious owners before him did not do it. He's a rescue. All our dogs are rescues. Yeah. When do you find that he's going to the restroom? Is it just whenever he wants to? Or is it like 10 or 15 minutes after he eats? Or no, whenever he wants to. When does Astro to. do this? Oh, no. He's the king. He'll walk by a dining room chair, lift his leg and pee and keep walking. He just thinks that he's and the best. And we have the door open that he can go out the back. Oh, yeah. He can go out. He can go out the back, but he'll still and we pee have a, inside. We have a big backyard garden where he goes. He, he likes to go out there sometimes. But if he's not in the mood, he'll pee and shit in the house. Like, fuck you. It's he also gets mad. He also gets mad, though. Like, if you leave him and you don't take because we take him everywhere. But if you leave him home and you don't take him with you, then he'll pee or poop. 
because mm-hmm. he's spiteful a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's a separation anxiety. So do you guys leave food and water down? No, that... we leave water down, but not food. No, we don't leave food. Okay. But we leave... He's got water, of course. He's got water all over the place. But the big dogs are yeah, good. Yeah, gonna... We have a... The thing, with, uh, the, the thing with potty training, try a bell. Try putting a bell at the door and teaching him to tap the bell every time that he goes outside. So whenever he goes over and he taps the bell, initially... He gets a treat. If he taps the bell, he gets a treat. If he taps the bell, he gets a treat. Oh, wow. And then you're associating that bell with something good. So now he's getting used to his paw hitting that bell and the noise right there by his ear. So he's getting comfortable with that bell. The bell's beside the back door where he goes outside. And I know that you have a door that you can open up, but what you're doing is you're associating that bell with a treat, something good, something positive, a good reward. And then you associate that bell with he's going outside to use the restroom. He's going outside to go pee or poop. So then after he goes pee or poop, you give him a treat. You praise him up. Big happy party. How to go, boy. Just praise him up. Just I love, him, love him, love him, love him. I make out with him. We, we tongue kiss. Are you kidding? I mean, <laughs> you know, and then he looks at me. He'll just walk and drop a load and keep walking. And then he turns around and smiles like, frig you. I don't know if he does it. To get- <laughs> no, it's true. He's got such a personality. I don't know if Astro uh, is trying to get my attention because he's with me always. He sleeps around my neck where I go. He goes. He doesn't leave me alone, as you can see. Yeah. And I just think he's an overconfident, overloved dog. And he's spoiled. Is there such a thing? There is. Absolutely. You're looking at it right there. It's called breaking the umbilical cord. He can't stop kissing me. He can't stop looking at me. What do you uh-huh. want, mommy? What do you want, sweetheart? Give daddy. Oh my god, I like. But then mommy. you engage him. Uh huh. Here daddy, we go. Give daddy lips. This is some type of dog porn we're watching. Yeah. <laughs> but I love him. He's such an angel. He's my honey bunch. I tell people out there, please rescue a dog. Find the joy and love that I find in my dogs. When I hug my dogs, I feel healthy. I feel wealthy. I feel so complete. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah, there's nothing greater than a dog. I mean, you got to figure, you. a lot of people will pin a dog up at the house while they go to work, or sometimes a dog will be chained up outside, and all a dog wants to do is love. You can't teach a dog hate. You can't teach... You no. can't teach a dog to be mad at you because they forgive you so often. Yes. Well, I don't do anything to my dogs for them to hate me. We we're, have, we're fortunate, wait, wait, though. We have a 135-pound Brazilian fila Mastiff, Shazam. Now, now, he's wonderful. He's very good. He's very clean. He doesn't do anything in the house, God forbid. And then we have a little girl girl. Her name is uh, Brandy, and she's a, uh, a terrier a sheepdog, you know, a herder dog. And she's good. But this little guy, oh, he's a son of a bitch. She's 35 pounds, so we have 7 pounds, 35 pounds, and like 130 pounds. Right. And they all get along fine. But this guy but is the little one rules the roost. Yes, it's a lot of dog food, and yes. the little one runs the roost. Like, if the big one's sleeping on his bed, <laughs> he has a big bed because he's a big dog. This one goes and barks at him. He'll get up and move, and this one will go sleep in the middle of the bed where he takes up no yeah. room at all, and the big one will actually move for him. I mean, this one runs the roost. Oh, so we've taught her to be a – somebody taught her to – Somebody taught him to be a bully. <laughs> what is he said somebody taught him to be a bully. He just does it. <laughs> he is. He is. And and the girl, the girl was probably a breeder because she had puppies, and we know that from her nipples. And she developed that uh, disease. She had heartworm when heartworm, we got her when we rescued her. And they threw her in the street because they could no longer breed her. And we got her, and we had her cured. But Cost she likes fortune. to lick the penis of the it big does. dog. And this one, 
she's constantly licking their penises. And I called her a slut. You know, I said, stop that. You know, leave the boys alone. She doesn't know any better. She, but she's fixed. I guess she thinks she can still get banged and have kids. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun having three dogs. It's like family. A lot of work and a lot of fun. Each, each dog has a, a, a personality of its own and brings to you a, a different story. And it's wonderful, folks. Uh, I love you because you're a dog lover. I do anything for you. Ever need a favor, call me. If you're not a dog lover, screw you. <laughs> I agree. So I have a question for hey, but you. you know, oh, go ahead. Wait, wait. Go. Go. I was going to say that the thing that you have to do is it's much like, I don't know if you guys have kids or have ever had kids, but it's much like kids. Dogs need discipline just like kids need discipline in their life. They need structure. And you got to start that from day one. If you don't, if you don't start that structure, if you don't start that discipline with the dog on getting them used to going out at a certain time, getting them used to feeding at a certain time, you get behind the eight ball, you get behind that power curve, and it's hard to get ahead of it to, to correct those bad behaviors. Yeah, that's what I, we did. I raised, <laughs> I, I raised my two daughters alone, so I know what that's all about. And my daughters are like me, dog lovers. And my eldest daughter, when she comes here, she trains them. And if they bark at somebody ringing the bell, she doesn't yell. She goes, shish, 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 and the dog's quiet down. She said, because if you show the dogs that you're yelling, they're going to yell louder than you. True? Yes. So she knows chaos brings chaos. She knows chaos brings chaos. chaos. Yeah. I like love that. Do you? Okay. So because you're a canine dog, so you work with the same dog all the time, right? I did. My dog retired. So nope. I don't work with. Yeah. So I don't work with the um, police dogs full time. I still train dogs. I'm a certified international instructor. Uh, so I still train law enforcement dogs. I still train personal dogs. And I found training personal dogs is just as rewarding as training the police dogs. Because like you said, you know, you have these rescue dogs that they've either been in puppy mills or they've been tied up to a tree or they've been abused their whole lives. And to take something like that and to show that puppy love and structure and that they can function in society and not be scared of humans is just as rewarding as training police dogs. I love it. Well, Shazam, we figure, had to have been a fighter dog because he has many scars on him. And possibly he wasn't a winner and they threw him in the street because we were living in Florida at the time and the police picked him up wandering around Miami and they put him in a uh, place where they were going to kill him. Big Dog Rescue. No, we, no, no, no. Before he went oh, to yeah. the Big Dog. And then put, the Big Dog Rescue Ranch took him, like, took, took him, him. And brought him up north to Florida. We saved his life. And then we but took Shazam him. Shazam would have been put to sleep because he's not a very friendly dog. We cannot have guests in our house and him with them. He will attack. He will hurt them. Uh, we make sure that we lock him up in another room and, and we love him and calm him down he's good with my daughters he loves my daughters he only the family them. he only, only likes the family but anyone else comes in this house he don't want them in here get out he'll kill you and he stands up six feet you know when he's with a big jaw wow so what do we do about a dog like that can i untrain him from being uh an attack he's also dog? like a like 11 or something and he's a lamb. i mean he's a kisser and a lamb if he knows you he, he sits on your lap like a puppy he loves you he's a sweet dog he's not a mean dog just doesn't want sure. people, people in the house and you can you can you can get him to where he understands that it's okay for people to come in the house How? it just Tell takes me. consistency on your behalf and and the proper training to do it and it's something that you can't just sit there and, and talk about it's a lot of showing it's a lot of doing because it's also looking at the dog reading the dog's body language reading their behavior and seeing how the person comes in seeing how the person reacts to your dog 
becoming somewhat aggressive towards them. And you've got to have the positive reward with your dog. And you two can set it up, Jimmy and, and Ron, you guys can set this up yourselves. He knows you, but set it up to where you have friends come over, you know, call, call your friend up and say, Hey, can you guys come over? But before you do stay outside, I want you to help me train my dog and you get your dog in the living room and you're loving yeah, on but... him. And as soon as they ring the doorbell, if your dog starts to bark or growl, reinforce a positive behavior and reinforce it with treats and reinforce it with love and reinforce it with the corrective behavior at the proper timing. Timing is key to dog training and positive reinforcement is key to dog training. And you don't let the person come in because it's a, it's a, you're setting it up essentially as a training scenario uh, and you're in control of it. I'm afraid when we lived in Pennsylvania, we were out on the patio. We lived in a townhouse and a man drove by, rode by on a bicycle and Shazam, that's his name, broke loose from the, the, the thing that I was holding him on. And Police. he bit the man's foot. He made a hole through oh. the sneaker and into the man's foot. Yeah, of course, that's quite a lot of money to, to get the guy not to put call the cops to put our door. I was ready to move. I told Jimmy, I sure. said, no, I said, I'm going to put the dog in the car. I'm driving him to my daughter's house and he'll live there. They're not putting Shazam down. Because I was afraid. So I'm really frightened to have uh, that what you're saying with people because he's very powerful. Even as an old man, he's a muscular, big, powerful dog. He's like a lion. Yeah, but that's a, that's why you take the baby steps there, Ron. That's why I say ring the so, doorbell. So first. I should if, ring the. So tell me slowly, because I I got to remember. Got it. You got it, Jimmy. Yeah, I got it. Rick, when he yeah, rings, so it, Rick, yeah, okay. Have a friend. Have a friend come over. If ring a doorbell. If you don't have a doorbell, have him knock on the door. No, we have a doorbell. And work on it with the barrier there. That way, there your dog can't get to them. So right. you're taking that. You're taking essentially the bite out of the dog. Right. I like love it. I'm going to do And that. then you're giving positive reinforcement, positive rewards. You're doing the corrective behaviors. You've got them on a leash. You've got them on a collar. One thing about training dogs, you can't train a dog on a harness because it distributes the weight through the body whenever you're talking about walking a dog on a leash. So trying to teach a dog to walk on a leash, you have to have it on a collar. You have to go back to dog psychology. Think about dogs in the wild. If you have a puppy that's running around misbehaving, how does the mom correct that puppy from misbehaving? She bites it. Right, where? Well, she nips at it. No, I've seen them. Uh, where? Anyway, I don't yeah, know where. where? At its... They she nip pins at them the down puppy. On the, she pins them down on the ground on their neck. Yeah. Okay. And she pins them down with her mouth. Watch, now, watch, watch any of these dog shows with dogs out in the wild. All dogs are derived from wild dogs because... Well, they're wolves. That's just where they came from. Yeah. So now, whenever, a mom, whenever a baby's doing something wrong or a puppy's doing something wrong, the mom grabs the puppy, pins it down on its back by its throat until the dog submits. When the dog submits, meaning the tail goes limp and the legs go limp, then the dog sits there and submits to the mom. Well, that's the same thing that we're doing with the collar. I didn't invent this. This one invented well before we were ever thought of but that's why people use collars on the dog's necks instead of harnesses because that's where the correction comes from is from the harness oh, from, the, from, neck. The, from okay. the collar on the neck got it okay not the harness sense. so no, then you I'll... have a leash attached to the collar and then you have the leash on the collar you're sitting there in the couch or the chair or you're in the living room or wherever you're at the back door the front door it doesn't matter they knock on the door they ring the doorbell whichever way you have it to, to come into the house to let you know they're there your dog goes wild your dog goes crazy he's barking he's snarling you correct the behavior and you get the dog to do a different task the task could be you teach your dog to sit you teach your dog to lay down you teach your dog to heal with you in circles and you walk around in circles in the living room what you're doing is you're redirecting that dog's focus from the door from wanting to go attack to now he's doing not necessarily a trick, but he's performing a task. You're giving him a job. 
and you're refocusing the direction. It's like a two-liter pop bottle. If you shake a two-liter pop bottle up or a soda, whatever you call it, and you start to take the lid off, what happens? It sprays. It goes everywhere. It spews everywhere. Right. How do you stop that from happening? You've already shaken it, so how do you stop you don't, it? You don't, sh- you don't shake it. You don't shake Now, our little girl, yeah. do- our girl dog, Brandy, who's the sweetest, most, ad- if I show you how you want to make out with her, she's like a stuffed doll. She's very happy. <laughs> no, she's very happy with people, but they can't leave. When she leaves, she nips at them because she's hurting them. We had a policeman here because there was some activity down the road that they wanted to investigate. And when the policeman left, she bit the cop. Imagine. Oh, no. Yeah, she bit the cop. So naturally, we, we had, had a quarantine we had for a quar- two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Make yeah. sure he didn't but, have I mean, stuff. You know that happened? You still have this dog, right? Yeah. I mean, she didn't bite him to kill him. It was a very, very little. It It was a scratch. The cop made a big big deal about it because he wanted to get. Does she sit on command? She's very yeah. She does everything. She, no, she doesn't sit on command. Oh yeah, she does. Does she? Oh yeah. If I tell her to sit, girl, she sits. <laughs> I don't know. Our dogs so are not very time, well trained. Next time somebody gets up to leave, put a leash on her. Have a leash there. You know when they're getting relieved because you guys are ending the the visit, right. you're ending the conversation. It's right. like okay, I'm getting ready to get up. Put a leash on her and let the person leave. She can't run and bite them if she's on a leash. She can't. She doesn't yeah, that's have free reign to go. Yeah, well, she's, and what you're doing is you're going to ask her to sit. Somebody, and get her someone we know also is a dog trainer, and I asked that question, and he said, "Well, that's what she was trained for. She's a herding dog, so when she bites people, she's hurting them. She doesn't want them to leave. She wants them to stay in a group, and she'll nip. She doesn't Don't really you bite that behavior. Yeah, she, I'd like to. Yeah, she doesn't really bite. She nips, and yeah. that's yeah. what she does at the sheep. Yeah. If she were Even, out, if, I, I train. I train a lot of Australian shepherds, herding dogs. That's specifically what they're for. And I can train Australian dogs, some of the smartest dogs in the world. They are taught to go nip at sheep or go nip at cattle or go nip at whatever it is that they're herding. And you can correct that behavior. I promise you, you can correct it. It will take time. It will take patience. It will take the proper training. It will take treats. It'll take the positive rewarding. But you can make that happen. Even though so, she's not a puppy, she's a couple, what is she, about five, six years old now? Yes. No, we, like we, don't, we don't even know how old she we is. We don't know how old any of the dogs are because they tell you they're one age. They lie. They, they all lie. You know, when you go to rescue, they lie. Folks, beware of that also because they know no one wants a dog over five years, five years old. So it seems all the rescue dogs are below five years old. Uh, so be sure you know what you're I doing. I think ours are like 11. But I have a question for Absolutely. you. So, so Don in the chat yes. room. John in the chat room had a Corgi and a Rottweiler, and the Rottweiler recently passed, and she wants to know, how do you comfort, like, the dog that's, like, left because the dogs are upset that the they lost their best friend dog? Yeah, it's difficult. You know, sometimes you'll want to leave blankets down that the dogs were laying on or, or their beds and just slowly transition that. Um, show them love. Take them places with you. Take them and do things with them extra special. Um, you know, have that special one-on-one time with your with your dog that's still alive. And that's not only going to help your dog, but it's going to also help you because it is devastating to lose uh, one of your loved ones, your four-legged loved ones. I mean, it's just some people, the dogs are their kids and they've never had kids. And um, so, yeah, you just got to you gotta make oh, sure that uh, you're loving you. on them and keeping them. Listen. Listen, I'm 81 years old, and I want to die before Astro because if Astro died on me, I have to kill myself. I'm so in love with my Astro. No, I'm my Astro is my Jimmy. Will tell you, he's my. He goes everywhere with me to the store, everywhere. He's with me, and I love him to death. And if he ever died on me, you know, he sleeps in bed with me. 
And sometimes he doesn't move and I get scared and I shake him because I think he may have died. That's how paranoid I get. To, to love an animal as much as I do, and I do, is such a gift. And yes. I want to repeat myself to every, we have 5 million people that will listen and see this show. That's, that's our view, our reach. I want to tell all of you 5 million people all over the world, get a dog. Please rescue a dog. They're lonely. They're unhappy. They only want to kiss you and love you. The love that a dog gives you is beyond the love of any human because they don't turn on you. They're always they happy will, to see you. And they always have <laughs> they always want to be with you. So all the things that humans can do to hurt people, dogs do not do. Please go to your rescue shelter. Take a look. Just see. That little dog is going to look at you, and you're going to look at it. Our dogs love us and so fall much. in love. Yeah. So yeah. so what so I what agree. else? You know, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, that, that's that's my passion. Whenever I retire full time from from full time working, I want to get my pilot's license. I don't want to travel the United States. I want to travel the world and rescue these dogs that nobody wants and give them a place or get them to people like you that want to take care of them. You know what? You do that. The creator, whoever or whatever it was that created us will gift you with such good luck and such a good life. People that love animals get good luck. People that hurt animals, they don't get good luck. You know, going on safaris and killing elephants or killing giraffes for their skins or for the sport of it, you don't get good luck. How can you kill something that God created? God doesn't like that. So like your dogs. Love animals. I love animals of all. I mean, I could, I, I'm only wanting to go to Africa and hang out with elephants and giraffes and stuff. I'd be so happy. I, lo I love animals. It's funny you say that, Ron. I've got a, I've got a friend that goes over, um, Linda, she lives out in Colorado and I've done a lot of tracking and trailing seminars with her. She goes over to Africa and uses dogs to track down the hunters that are shooting and killing the elephants oh, for their cool. That's awesome. Good. I hope those dogs kill the hunters. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I want to go over there and I want to be behind one of the dog leashes and use those dogs' noses, sometimes rescue dogs, to find these hunters to track these people down, to track these elephants down, to, to protect our to protect these animals. I think it'd be just phenomenal to go do something well, like I that. Well, I have to tell you a story. Do you know Tippi Hedren, the actress from The Birds? I do, yes. I've heard you, of her. You know who she is. Yeah, well, she's a friend of mine. And I went up to Shambhala, which is her uh, rescue center of over 6,000 cats, from lions to panthers to tigers. And she always needs money, of course, because the government gave her all the acreage for free. And she doesn't pay taxes, but she has to pay for feeding the animals. So I did a show wow. there. It's on YouTube if anybody wants to see it. Ron Russell interviews Tippi Hedren. And she talks about what it costs to feed the cats. But then she talks about stories about people that absolutely buy tigers because they're the cutest little kitties. She said, and then they forget that they grow up to be big cats. And she yes. talks about these horrible people that have cats. The stories are gross of what people do to these exotic, magnificent animals. So Tippy and I walked around her place. I was there for quite a few hours after the show. And she, she made me, let me meet all the cats. And there was one cat I loved, which was her favorite cat. Big lion, gorgeous lion, boy, male, lions and males, yeah. And I said, Chippy, he's behind a chain link fence. Is that safe? She said, no, he could break through that fence in a minute. I said, and we're here with, next to him. She said, he won't bother you. 
I said, oh, really? Meanwhile, she said, look over there. See that guy? See that guy? They have dart guns, paralyzer guns. I said, yeah, but before the shit works, we're dead. <laughs> you know, and then I did say, you know, if you, if you watch the video, I say, oh, he's so cute. I'd like to make out with him. She said, that'll be the last one you ever make out with. <laughs> so Tippy's interview was really good for you people who love cats. You have to go on YouTube and look for Ron Russell interviews Tippy Hedges. So hang on, we have two two minutes, you guys. So James Craigmile, oh, I you like guys, this guy. Follow James. Follow James on Instagram. He's at James Craigmile. It's C R A I G M Y L E. Um, so what are you, what do you got yes. coming up that we should like steer people toward? You got anything you want to like tell us that, that we should send people to see? Well, I hosted uh, the GAC TV, the first annual Project Canine Hero Awards. Um, Good for you. Congratulations. You, you won that? Yeah, no, no, thank he you. hosted it. He hosted it. Oh, no. Myself and Larissa Wall hosted it for GAC TV um, that Bill Abbott runs over there. Great group, group of people. Great network. I encourage everybody to go watch it. Uh, hopefully some more hosting and, and some more TV stuff for me comes out with some of that and uh, excited about that. Pray They Stand Down. We're still filming Pray They Stand Down, which is a movie about a soldier that goes overseas, ends up getting injured, comes back to the United States and gets a service dog um, and goes through some trials and tribulations here in the U.S. Uh, so we're still uh, filming that and excited for that to continue. And uh, we'll just have to see what else uh, comes about. Well, we have very dear friends of ours, Andy and Marilyn, who uh, have dogs. What is it called? Dogs for our brave. And they raise money to train dogs for uh, people who wounded are, veterans, veterans who have come back from the war, who have amputations and stuff. And the dogs do the jobs for them. And they're dear friends of ours. And they're really cool because not only awesome. not only do they like, you know, pay for the training of the dog and everything, but if the dogs for our brave donates a dog, they actually pay for the health care and the food and everything for the dog for the life of the dog. So everybody out there, yeah, wow. so the, the people who get the dog don't have to uh folks if you want that is amazing. If you want to send a couple of bucks to these Oh, we have to go though. Well, get the plug in. So dogsforourbrave.com. I think you guys, this is James Craig Mile. He's fabulous. Check out all his stuff, and when, uh, when the, I, when the Dog such, Awards come out, we'll bring you back. It is such a pleasure and an yes. honor to meet you, my friend. I love yes. what you do. You guys as well. God, ble God bless you. You're wonderful. And we'll fabulous. see you on social media, yes, James. Thank Thanks so God much. Bye. All Thank you for our show. Bye. Hey, everybody thank in the guys. chat room, we had a great time. Roxy, you did a great job today with all of our guests. Yep. Thank you so much putting up all that stuff. We want to thank Anthony Preston and James Craigmile for coming on the show. And everybody, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye. See you next week. Adopt a dog. <laughs> yeah, we in the mix. Yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. 
And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 